Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across the United States of America. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on the program? Always happy to have you. As always, text Eric, E-R-I-C-K, to 33777. I, I, I actually, I want to run an experiment because I'm curious. If you are listening to me in the metro Atlanta area, do not do this. For the rest of you, if you're outside of the Atlanta area, you're, you're not in the WSB listening audience, my flagship station, just because I can see it happen, I am curious. Um, if you would text Eric, E-R-I-C-K, to 33777. Um, just pick up your phone, go to your text message app. The phone number is 33777. Then just the text word is Eric, E-R-I-C-K. If you'd send it, I, I'm just actually, I'm kind of curious. Uh, now, I want to begin this hour with a phone call. There's a case I've been meaning to talk about, and having Carrie call forces my hand to talk about the case. There's been so much other stuff happening this week, I haven't been able to get to it, so I'm, I'm glad Carrie called. Carrie, welcome to the Eric Erickson Show. Okay, great to talk to you. I'm a first-time caller, thanks to my wonderful husband, who's a huge fan of yours. Well, thank I you. listened this morning to the... Yeah, I listened this morning to The World and Everything in It, and I heard their segment about the German homeschooling family. They've lived in America for 15 years. They've been seeking asylum here because it's illegal to homeschool in Germany. And they've now been told that they have to self-deport by October 11th. I was bellyaching about it and the absurdity of the immigration department going after them. And he said, well, call Eric. Ask him why we're using our resources to target productive, contributing members of society. Mm -hmm. They have been pursuing the legal route of staying in our country. And we're using our resources to target them and tell them they have to leave instead of keeping out these illegals who are not going to be able to be productive members of our society, who aren't going to be contributing. Hi. Yeah. Okay. So listen, I, I, Carrie, just, just listen to me on the radio. Thank you for calling. I'm glad you did to, to prompt me to talk about the story because I, I, I want to explain this to people. In Germany, it is against the law to homeschool. The German reason for this is after World War II, the purge of Nazi ideologies, they essentially wanted to use the school system not just to educate but also very explicitly to indoctrinate uh, against Nazism and into a, a, a new mode of what it meant to be German. They didn't want people homeschooling in a way that could teach those kids values the state did not want them to learn. The Romekis, and I may be pronouncing mispronouncing their last name, the Romekis are devout Christians, and they refused to send their children to public schooling when the public schooling began emphasizing things like evolution uh, and explicit sex education, uh, German fairy tales. They wanted their children to be raised uh, with a Christian education, so they started homeschooling. The They lived outside of Stuttgart, the authorities showed up and forced their children with a police escort to go to the public schools. 
They were fined $5,000. So they moved to the United States, and they sought asylum. In 2008, they began working their way through the um, appellate or through the asylum process. A judge in Tennessee in 2010 ruled in their favor, uh, but the government appealed it. And the government's argument in 2010, and keep in mind this was the Bush administration, the government's argument was that the law the Romekis did not want to comply with was a generally applicable law in Germany. It wasn't a law designed to target Christians. It was a law designed to target all all German citizens. Every German citizen had to comply with it. And under American law, an interpretation of amnesty law, it's not considered religious persecution if the person seeking amnesty is seeking amnesty from a law that applies to everyone. If the law applies to everyone, it's not persecuting Christians. That comes from American legal jurisprudence, which, by the way, I think is wrong. Is one of the things I think Antonin Scalia got wrong. So the Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals unanimously denied the asylum, saying um, there's a difference between the persecution of a discrete group and the prosecution of those who violate generally applicable law. That's, that's a quote from the case. Their case was then denied review by the Supreme Court in 2014, but the Bush administration at that point intervened through the Department of Homeland Security. Once it had wound its way through the court system, the Bush administration intervened and said, you stay. And they gave an indefinite uh, deferral of action, meaning that even though they were not Americans, they couldn't get green cards, they would be allowed to stay in the country. And so they did. For 15 years, they have stayed. Their youngest child was three years old. She's now 18. The oldest is now 26. In 15 years, they, they got a home. They made inroads into a church. They live in uh, Morristown, Tennessee. Uh, Yui Romecki works as a piano accompanist at Carson Newman University, a Baptist school near Jefferson City, Tennessee. Their 25-year-old daughter, Lydia, is a photographer and a vlogger. She's got over 60,000 followers on YouTube. They've been here for 15 years. They are still educating. They now have younger kids that they're educating. Their oldest are married. And now the Biden administration has said, time's up, go home. They still have kids that they are homeschooling. They don't want to go back to Germany now because their kids know this country. Their, their youngest child has no memory of Germany. Their oldest are married to American citizens now. And it's not just the husband and wife that the Biden administration wants to kick out. It's the kids who are married to American citizens now, too, telling these kids who are now married to Americans, you've got to leave our country, too, and go back to Germany. It's a really, really stupid, stupid 
issue. And by the way, um, you would think that the government would apply DACA to this, the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals. You would think that they would apply it to the Romeki children, but the Biden administration doesn't want to apply that to those kids. Makes you wonder why. Why is the Biden administration, which will not deport amnesty seekers from Central and South America, why are they deporting this one German Christian family? It just boggles the mind. The Biden administration, by the way, they could stop this. Joe Biden could order Homeland Security and ICE to leave this family alone, but he hasn't done so. Why? What's remarkable here is we've got um, hundreds of thousands a month now, illegal aliens coming across the border from Mexico. They're being released into the wild in this country. The Biden administration is making no attempt to find them, to round them up, to deport them, unless they are egregious lawbreakers. But this family has abided by the law, set up roots. Their children have gotten married. They've sought the welfare of the community in which they've lived. And the Biden administration is now saying, you got you to leave. It is undisputed, by the way, that they have, uh, they've got three children, including two daughters, born in the United States. So their youngest kids are American citizens, the two youngest of the three. And they're still at home now being homeschooled. And they're American citizens. So the mom and the dad are being forced to leave along with the brothers and sisters who are not American citizens. And the two youngest kids get to be left behind in the care of the government or someone, I guess. The the whole thing boggles my mind. This is the cruelty of the system overall. By the way, uh, for those of you who who don't support DACA, there there is a side angle here of you you need to figure out if there's a compromise you could support given the situation. I I will tell you uh, where I have evolved on the issue over time. I don't think any of these people should earn or be given American citizenship. But there are people who came to this country not 15 years ago, like the Romeki family, but 40 years ago, 30 years ago, and their kids are American citizens, or they brought their kid here 30-some-odd years ago as a newborn. Their kid's an illegal alien, but in their 30s has no memory of home. We can find those people, and we can say, hey, look, um, we're not going to throw you out, but you can never be an American citizen. We'll give you a green card so you don't have to keep looking over your shoulder waiting for ICE. But you're, you're not going to be an American citizen. You, you came here illegally, and you then never took the time to try to become legal. We're, we're not going to let you become an American citizen. I think in this case, this family would be fine. The Romekians would be fine saying, look, we're going to let you stay. You can't be an American citizen. You're never going to have the right to vote. But we're not going to deport you. You've been here. You've shown yourself to be law-abiding. You've contributed to society. You've paid your taxes. Uh, you've never committed a crime while you've been here, we'll let you stay. I think there are ways to figure that out. I think there are ways to make it make sense. But I also think that it's bizarre when the Biden administration is willing to allow more than 100,000 people a month to come in across the southern border, let them go and pretend they're not here. In fact, you've got the uh, Democrats on TV now saying the border secure, these people aren't crossing. 
They, we see the video of them crossing and being let go, and the Democrats are denying it. To to turn a blind eye to that and then to look at this family and say, nope, you've got to get out now. you you got to go. That is appalling to me. The system doesn't make sense. And when the system doesn't make sense, you're going to have a situation where people don't respect the system. I, I would argue that the illegal immigrants coming across the southern border right now don't respect the system at all. These people have. They've gone through the process. They've tried to stay. Uh, one congresswoman from East Tennessee has filed legislation on their behalf to try to stay. Uh, that is Diana Harshbarger uh, from Tennessee. She is uh, She's filed private legislation, which winds its way differently through Congress than public legislation. The private legislation only applies to this family. She's trying to give them relief. Um, the kids, the, the whole family that would be deported is Yui Romeki, Hanalo Romeki, Daniel, Lydia, Joshua, Christian, and Damaris Romeki. They, they would be forced to leave the country. Forced to leave the country. We're not doing that to the migrants who come in from Central America. I guess what the Romekis need to do is they need to fly down to Mexico City and walk back, and the Biden administration would let them stay. The whole thing is absolutely absurd and offensive. You're listening to The Eric Erickson Show, the perfect blend of news, analysis, opinion, and cooking. Yeah, cooking. You can be live on Eric's show by calling 877-97-ERIC. That's 877-973-7425. Yes, you can. By the way, thank you uh, so much to those of you who took me up on and not being in Atlanta and, and texting. So uh, let me explain to you the reason. So the, the the texting service I use to get you guys all the information shows me who is texting. And I've just I've been curious lately because I'm seeing these weird um, locations come up and, and we are getting calls from places like. I'm on the radio in in over 35 places now around the country and growing, but there are places where like I'm not on the radio and yet we get calls from these areas and I'm so I'm just I've been really curious and the number of people who are who texted who live in like Wisconsin and Texas and California um it makes me happy that uh, these these live stream numbers are totally legit that what we're seeing aren't, aren't imaginary. It's, it's that many people around the country listening. It's it's just cool. It's it's cool to be a part of this and to have an audience like that. Now, the phone number here, 404, uh, wrong number, sorry. I, <laughs> still residual from filling in this past Monday. 877-973-7425. Uh, if you want to be on the program, happy to have you. Just bear with me here. Short segment, I want to take your phone calls when we come back. Right now, I do need to make you aware of a of a story. Um, some of you will care about, some of you won't, but it is an interesting story. And there is a big red flag being cropped up, the Save America PAC, uh, warning behind the scenes that uh, President Trump is running into a serious financial crush because he's not just paying his legal bills with the Save America PAC. He, it's a leadership PAC, which allows him to do this, he's paying the legal fees of a lot of the other people involved in the case, which is good. I don't think it's some nefarious thing like the media is making out to be, 
The problem, however, is he's bleeding significant cash. So much so, um, it needs to be known, that he they are starting to worry they're going to have the money to be able to run the campaign, that the RNC at some point is going to have to start shelling out cash. But the RNC is prohibited by law from doing so because he's not technically the nominee. So there's 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 a pretty big pinch of cash. Uh, and part of the problem is he spent more in the first six months of the year on lawyers than the PAC brought in. Um, that's that's going to be a, a building problem as these cases head towards trial that he needs to find some revenue. He's probably going to have to sell off some property or something to pay the legal bees because Save America is running out of money uh, in, in helping him. Now, I want you to save some money. I want you to do it by going to stamps.com. If you guys ship, like I, I ship a lot of packages and stuff, uh, whether I've got a, if I'm sending books to people or, or my coffee mugs or, or what have you, uh, I use stamps.com. It's convenient. It's easy to use. You All you need is a computer and a printer. You get huge carrier discounts up to, eight, up to 84% off uh, post office and UPS rates. You automatically find the cheapest and fastest shipping options. It really is amazing. I can put in the address of where I want to send it, and it'll tell me, do you want next day? Do you want two-day? Do you want ground? If so, here are the available options, post office and UPS. Pick what you want. I don't have to stand in line. I print the label. I can schedule a pickup at my office for the packages or home, or I can just go drop them off, and I don't have to stand in line. Everything's already stamped. Everything's already labeled. So you can see what over a million businesses are doing with Stamps.com, getting ready for the holiday rush, too. Sign up today. Use code ERIC for a special offer. Four-week trial, free postage, free digital scale. You don't have a long-term commitment. You do not have a contract to sign. All you do is go to Stamps.com. You click on the microphone. You put in my name, ERIC, E-R-I-C-K. Stamps.com. Click the microphone. Put in ERIC. Take advantage of this deal. If you ship a lot of packages, this saves you a lot of money. You're listening to The Eric Erickson Show. (laughs) <laughs> wow. All right. Do you guys want your breaking, breaking, breaking news of the day? Bleeding edge, breaking news. You may want to sit down for this one. Los Angeles police have arrested a man on suspicion of murdering Tupac Shakur in 1996. It was a drive-by shooting of Tupac in 1996. Police have arrested a man on suspicion of murder, according to the Associated Press. My goodness gracious. Wow. All righty. Um, I want to go to the phones. 877-973-7425. Jack, going to go to you first. Welcome to the show. Ah, thank you for having me, Eric. Sure. I, I see a very vicious legal circle when it comes to this German family. They've been here for 15-some-odd years. Surely they've been working and paying taxes. But they haven't been able to be represented because they can't vote. Correct? Correct. Yep. So if they are going to be deported, shouldn't they get all that tax money back? <laughs> you, yeah, you, they should, I think. Um, I mean, they won't, but yeah. Uh, it's, 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 yeah, but of course, Wouldn't you know. Be better? Yeah, of course, if they the did get that money back, the, the Germans would take even more of it than we would take. <laughs> but but yes. we give them the citizenship. They, 
they have they have a heart for this country that a lot of our citizens that were born here don't have. You're right. You're right. I, I welcome it, them. They can come stay in my house. <laughs> yeah, look, I, I'd be happy to to, to house them and, and hide them from, from from ICE. Jack, you're right. Thank you for the phone call. It's Look, but I, I do have to say, for those of you who take that position, you need at an intellectually honest level to say, what about the kids whose parents dragged them here 30 years ago when they were one or two years old and now they're in their 30s? Do we deport them or do we find a way to keep them here? That's one of the big immigration arguments. And I'm I'm all about, look, if you've been in this country for 30 years, your parents brought you here and your parents themselves have not broken the law since they've been here other than by existing here. I'm okay letting you stay if you've been contributing, but, I mean, if, if you're not a lawbreaker, but I don't want to give you citizenship. I'm, I I think before we can have those conversations, though, you've got to build a very high wall with a very big moat and fill it with alligators and, and, and stop the rest of, of the, the, the wave of illegal immigrants from coming over. I, I, I think we've got to secure our border, and I actually am one of the people, maybe I'm naive or too optimistic in humanity, but I am one of those people that does believe if you secure the border and the number of illegals crossing goes down to zero, I think a lot of the people who are very reticent about deporting everybody might actually say, okay, since nobody else can get in here, let's let's talk about the people who've been here for 40 years illegally. And I think they need to be treated differently than the people who've been here for a year or two. I, we, we have the ability to exercise some discretion. If you've been here for 40 years and, and you've, you you now have kids, some of whom are born here and they're American citizens, and you haven't broken the law, maybe we don't give you citizenship, but we don't let you stay. But if you're a criminal or you've only been here the last five years or so, well, okay, you got to go. Go home, get in line like everybody else, like the legal aliens who came here and took the time to do it. But and 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 that then fits into contemplating this family has been here for 15 years. They now have multiple kids who are American citizens. They came here fleeing religious persecution. Uh, I'm okay letting them stay. And by the way, our American government was fine letting them stay until Joe Biden decided he wanted to crack down on illegal immigration. And he's cracking down on illegal immigration by going after religiously persecuted Germans as opposed to all the people flooding the American border. It's all about constituency. Do you really think if these people were um, socialist Hispanics, he would be cracking down on this? No, they're, they're Christians in Tennessee who would more than likely vote Republican if they were citizens so they can get deported. Now, back to the phones. Jim, you're going to be up next. Welcome to the program. Uh, thanks, Eric. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking at these debates, and all I hear is, chaos and i thought why don't they just well anyway never mind what they could do why are they allowing the chaos the chaos sounds more like trump's uh bailiwick that's what that's where he excels uh, keeping all of his opponents off balance is there any reason to think that they have um that this has been designed either unintentionally or maybe intentionally to uh, make Trump's opponents look like fools, look and sound like repellent fools? I think that it is not by design per se. 
I think they're trying to bring a level of excitement to the debates because Trump's not there and they're worried people won't tune in and they want to get good ratings. And it, it well, has, how's that working? <laughs> yeah, well, actually, the, the the ratings weren't bad. The first one got over ten million, really? ten to fifty million viewers. The second one's got nine point yeah. eight million viewers. Um, pretty good. Something like sixty percent of uh, likely Republican voters have seen at least one of the last two debates, which is good. But you're right. I mean, it's it's chaos. It's crazy. It's garbage. It's disrespectful to the voters. I personally think it's disrespectful to the candidates. You know what? I'm going to go back and play this audio again from yesterday. This is Dana Perino. And I, by the way, I really like Dana Perino, and, and so it pains me to criticize her. I thought she was the best of the moderators. They should have let her do it herself. She had better control over the candidates, and they clearly respected her more than the lady from Univision or, or Stuart Varney. But this question at the end, this one turned what was not a good debate into the real poop show. And welcome back to the final minutes. I could go another hour, but we only have a few minutes. And candidates, it's now obvious that if you all stay in the race, former President Donald Trump wins the nomination. None of you have indicated that you're dropping out. So, which one of you on stage tonight should be voted off the island? marker to write your choice on the notepad in front of you 15 <laughs> seconds starting now of the people on the stage who serious? should be i'm absolutely serious with all due respect wow. i mean we're here like wow. you know, we're happy to debate sure. but i think that that's disrespectful to my fellow competitors nobody wants, yeah. to, nobody wants to participate I, I just i agree with DeSantis. and by the way she then turned it on DeSantis because he was the one who suddenly led the stage um, and led the whole stage in open rebellion of the question. So then she twists the knife and, well, you, you, you suck in comparison to Trump in the polling, so how are you going to beat him? Um, I, I just – and, you know, it was like there was the moment on stage where DeSantis mentioned he was would be the first president elected in, in more than a generation who had served active duty combat. And Dana Perino says, well, Nikki Haley's husband is active duty combat. Well, that should have been for Nikki Haley to – to chime in on, um, I just I, I that that debate really bugged me. I'm glad Haley did well. I think Nikki Haley had a great debate performance, and DeSantis did as well. By the way, the polling suggests of the people who saw it, which was about sixty percent of people who say they're going to vote in the Republican primary, a pretty good number of, of them saw it, and Haley and and DeSantis came out on top. DeSantis head and shoulders above everybody else, but Haley as well. I don't know that it helps them. That it, debate was was just terrible. I'm I'm resisting the word to to say I'll just say poop show. It wasn't a good debate. Now, while the Republicans, however, are debating, uh, the Democrats themselves have problems. Y'all, I told you this was going to happen. This was so predictable to me. It took Barack Obama years to embrace the label Obamacare because when Republicans came up with it, they meant it as a pejorative. Republicans came up with Obamacare, or with Bidenomics as well. It was Republicans who first uttered the word Bidenomics, and Joe Biden fully embraced it. Republicans came up with it. Biden rapidly embraced it. And now Democrats are telling Politico they think it was a mistake. Several top Biden allies have privately raised concerns about the phrase to the White House, according to people familiar with the back-channeling. Representative Seize Horsford, who chairs the Congressional Black Caucus, said in an interview this week that he warned the White House that the Bidenomics brand is built on shaky ground. 
He believes it advances a message that wrongly centers the conversation on the president and his electoral ambitions rather than the voters who stand to gain from economic accomplishments. With all due respect to the president, to the White House, this is not so much about them as it is the people who are benefiting by the policies that they came out and demanded, says Horsford, a Democrat of Nevada. We have to do a better job framing this not as so much for one person, for the office of the presidency, but for the people. Their worries are underscored by a slew of polling showing that the economic recovery the White House has sought to spotlight as a triumph is not making a dent in the public psyche. Most Americans are still skeptical the U.S. is in an upturn, let alone one resilient enough to last much longer. The rising cost of living remains a dominant theme in voters' minds, crowding out major gains in jobs and wages. And so far, the Biden uh, Bidenomics drumbeat that began earlier this summer has yet to prove it can change minds. One more quote. This is from Will Marshall of the Progressive Policy Institute. At this point, Bidenomics doesn't really have strong answers to people's biggest worries. There ought to be a lot of thinking in the White House now about changes in the way they present their case for the economic good this administration has done. What economic good? That's the problem. They hadn't done economic good. I mean, this White House likes to claim that they've done economic good. I, I'm I'm hard-pressed to figure out what economic good this White House has actually done for the American people. Gas prices might hit $150 a barrel of oil, which will put gas prices at record highs. Inflation is still over 4%. Gas prices are up. Grocery prices are up. Medical costs are up. Education costs are up. Family costs are up. Cost of living generally up. They're all up. Up, 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 up. How does that help the American people? How does that help? Biden wanted to embrace the label Bidenomics. He wanted to turn what Republicans meant for ill into good. He wanted to turn it into branding that his side was not clever enough to come up with, and so they wrapped themselves in it. You live by the label, you die by the label. Inflation is not coming down. Cost of living isn't coming down. The average American now take homes less than they did two years ago. They're feeling the pinch of mortgage prices, of interest rates, of credit card debt. They've wiped out their savings now. Americans right now have less in savings than they did before COVID. That's Bidenomics. That's Bidenomics. The Democrats and the talking heads on TV can get on TV all day long and tell us just how wonderful the economy is and, and how great it is and people should be grateful. But the reality at the end of the day is that most Americans do not feel it. They don't feel it. They're not going to feel it. They can't feel it because it's not true. Their cost of living is too high. They're not bringing home as much money as they were in real-world dollars because of inflation. Their take-home pay has gone down because of increased costs. That's the truth. That's binomics. That's why it was stupid for them to ever have embraced the label and try to turn it into something good for themselves because there's no way you can turn a crap economy into being a good economy unless you're a fly. Uh, I, you know, I, look, I mean, I'm not giving these people political advice. This is just, just common sense. But I'm like, who is advising these people? I, I don't get it. 
Now, let me advise you on Vision Computers because they should be your go-to for computers. If you're buying a computer, a laptop or a desktop, and you want a computer, a PC, that is designed for you, it is yours. It's not one-size-fits-all for everybody, generic consumer. It's yours. Vision can build it for you. They'll save you some money in the process, and then they'll be your tech support. So if something goes wrong with your computer, you have a phone number you call day or night, 24 hours a day. They answer the phone. They can help you with email, with viruses, with install, uninstall. They can help you with printer support. Uh, they can run you through checklists if something's wrong. They can talk you through trying to make sure uh, your computer's working right. If there's something off, they can remote in in many cases and fix it themselves. As long as you've got it plugged in and turned on, they can take care of it. Vision Computers. You go to visioncomputers.com or 404Compute. Now, here is the thing if you're a business owner you need to pay attention to. The way I've sold Vision Computer for everybody, you buy your laptop, buy your desktop. They're your tech support. You call the number. They answer day or night and help you. They can do it for your business, too, not just for your home. So if you're a small businessman and you've got staff and they need computers, let Vision build them, and they will be IT support for your whole company. So Joe Schmo down the hall from you, who's too dumb to figure out his computer isn't even plugged in, all he does is he calls Vision, they diagnose it, and say, hey, Joe, plug your computer in. And he's like, oh, I forgot. You don't have to deal with Joe. Let Vision deal with it. Let them take care of it. They can do it. They love to do it. They want to do it. Visioncomputers.com or 404-COMPUTE. Call them at 404-COMPUTE. Tell them I sent you. Say, Eric sent me. They'll give you an even better deal if you call them 404-COMPUTE or visioncomputers.com. Let them be your IT solution. He's got the courage to tell you the actual truth, even when it isn't popular. It's the Eric Erickson Show. Want Eric's weekly recipes? They're super delicious. Text recipe to 33777 now. Welcome. It's Eric Erickson here. The phone number 877-973-7425. Uh, I don't have time for a phone call, so just stay on the lines. Be patient. I will get to you. 877-973-7425. Um, real quick, if you text data to 33777, I'm already getting emails from people saying, wow, can I get a copy somehow of what you said about Diane Feinstein? Well, if you text data to 33777, um, you can uh, get, because we're going to send it out here in a little bit. The Navy is going to start testing SEALs, not the art, art, art SEALs, but the actual warrior SEALs, uh, for illicit drug use for the first time ever. For generations, Navy SEALs have attracted top athletes who compete for slots on elite teams and take on harrowing missions. But never in all those years did the Navy regularly test the force for illicit steroids and other drugs that could boost performance. And now that's about to change. They're going to begin testing for performance-enhancing drugs starting in November. The move comes more than a year after the, the death of a sailor in the SEALs' grueling selection course revealed the use of steroids and other banned substances among SEAL candidates. In the aftermath, Navy Special Warfare began for the first time to test all students at the course. Um, um, do you know, I don't think I have a problem if the SEALs want to use steroids. I don't think you should use steroids. But I don't know that I have a problem with the SEALs using steroids and performance-enhancing drugs. I think I want their performance enhanced to kill bad guys. Uh, I think this is probably a dumb move by the administration. Um, 
the Air Force, the Army, nor the Marines have similar testing. I wonder if the Space Force does. I I don't know that this is a a, a just to think. Look, one guy, Kyle Mullen, died, but and it's a tragedy. He's twenty four years old and he died, and he had testosterone and human growth hormone. But I'm I don't know that we need to do this. In any event, I got to move on. OmahaSteaks.com. Uh, if you go there and you put Eric in as your promo code to check out, you're going to get $30 off. Minimum order applies. But here's the thing. Omaha Steaks is having their semi-annual sale, so you can get 50% off uh, site-wide. They have ready-made meals, main courses, sides, desserts. They have great steaks. They got great seafood. You should get their Argentinian uh, shrimp because I get them. They're like little lobsters. They're delicious. They arrive fresh. They're freshly frozen and got a great seafood supply chain. And then you can fry, I fry them up. I love their the shrimp from Omaha Steaks fried up. But you can get all this stuff, and then at checkout, promo code ERIC, E-R-I-C-K, you get $30 off an unbelievable selection already. It's just, it's delicious. It is deliciousness delivered to your door at omahasteaks.com. Uh, put Eric in, E-R-I-C-K, as your promo code at checkout, and you're going to get $30. Now, if you don't know what to buy, you just want to get your foot in the door, put Eric in your search bar as well when you get to Omaha Steaks, and you'll get a great package. And then put Eric in as your promo code, get $30 off, minimum order replies, omahasteaks.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.